Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, good morning, gardeners. Uh, A little brisk out there this morning. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but um, tomorrow we're looking at a freeze. So be prepared. Uh, You heard Colleen She's already heading home to bring in plants to protect some of them. A freeze in general is not going to wipe you out. But there are several plants that touching freezing will be enough to really harm them. And like she said, one of them was her lime tree. Citrus is kind of staggered citrus plants you can get ones that are super cold hardy and there are ones like limes that can't handle a freeze at all they have to stay above freezing so cover or bring in those kind of special plants and you know which ones they are by now right you've been through this enough to know which one of your plants are, oh, I've got to cover that, or no, oh, I can leave that be. That's not going to be a big deal. But we're going to be cold enough tomorrow that you're going to have to pay attention to that. Excuse me, folks. I, I need to kind of pat myself on the back here a minute. Don't want to break my arm doing so, but today starts my sixth year of doing gardening naturally. I have done five years with just me and I did six years, I believe, with John. So been sitting here now for uh, a dozen years, starting a new season this weekend. So hopefully we'll keep things going and uh, Hopefully we can get everybody gardening. You know, and that's something that we need to mention. We, we think gardening. What's that mean to you? Well, that's a vegetable garden, or that's growing tomatoes or peppers. Or maybe it means you're growing roses. Or you have a particular group of cut flowers that you just love and, and, and cut down and put in a vase every day. Maybe gardening to you means taking care of trees, having a particular line of shrubs that are doing really well. There, gardening is really this broad term Now, historically, gardening meant you grew food to keep yourself alive. That uh, that was the answer to everything. And that, that worked for a couple thousand years. Maybe that's what you view. I'm I'm growing food. There was a break historically where we went from We should have a garden everywhere. 
to, no, we should have these big green lawns and beautiful shrubs and, you know, this perfect landscape that doesn't really do anything for us. It's the break between gardeners and the idea of landscaping. It's not a bad thing. It really isn't. Being a landscaping, the idea to bring beauty to your landscape or change things, that's a good thing. That, that's not a bad thing. Um, but we kind of took it seriously. You know, there's an in there's a middle place. There's there's a middle place here because you can landscape with food you can eat. (laughs) So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And, And that's, you know, you can integrate edible plants into your landscape. I mean, if you go, I have a pear tree, right? And it is not a Bradford pear. No, it is actually a fruiting pear. And in the spring, it goes poof, and it looks like a Q-tip. All these beautiful white flowers all over it. And then, of course, it gives me this really amazing crop of pears. And then in the fall, it goes click, and it the leaves turn colors. I got pretty red leaves this year. Usually, they're more yellow-orange. These were red. It was gorgeous. And it's in my landscape where I can see it, where I can walk up to it and pick pears. Not that I'm accusing anyone. I think I'm not the only one who's been walking up to it and picking pears. There's this little four-legged bugger with a long tail that seems to enjoy them too. But this is ways we can make our landscape really productive. It's not a, a lot more work and it's just as beautiful. Oh, just as beautiful. So when you are out there and you are gardening, right, keep that in mind. Gee, I need a new tree. Hmm. Could I grow a pecan tree here and enjoy pecans? Maybe I could grow a peach tree or an olive So there are gorgeous trees, there are gorgeous plants, all of them that can produce a fruit and be beautiful in your landscape. So don't make the immediate assumption, do not make the immediate assumption that a tree means it's a tree. It it, it grows, got to be an oak. 
No, 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 no. We have a pretty significant variety of trees that'll produce fruit. We have shrubs that'll also do that. We have bushes that'll produce fruit. So if you are doing landscaping, don't just go with the box stock stuff. They're beautiful and they can look great. No complaints with them, but you have so many more opportunities considering other plants, ones that will give you more than just, oh, there's a pretty tree. How about, oh, look, I can go over and pick apples or pears or peaches. And the tree will look great. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break. I'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Um, let's go to the phone. This is Ron. Ron, what can I help you with? Oh, thank you, uh, Jeff. Uh, I'm, can you hear me good? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, what you call it? I'm, I'm over here in Peeville, and I'm a long-time listener. And um, what you call it? Uh, I got a cactus problem. And what's happening is I, I Googled it, and uh, Dr. Google told me, uh, gave me some of my advice, but I need a license to get this uh, this. Por, por, porcelain uh, chemical to spray on You that. don't want it. You don't want it. You don't want it. Okay. The minute they say you need to have a license, that means yeah. it's an incredibly toxic chemical. Yeah. Okay. And it, you don't need that. What is the problem you're having with the cactus? Jeff, I'm, I can't hear you. Yes. Okay. Um, what it's saying is, uh, 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 they sell it with the uh, to the farmers. Uh, apparently, they got a license. But yes, <clears throat> I guess well, there's other what, substitutes. But I'm not sure what's the right thing. What What's happening in the backyard? I had a fruit tree. I believe it's a pear tree. And right around the trunk is that's where this cactus is growing. How it got there, I do not know. It's been about five years now. <clears throat> so what's the pro- what's the problem? I want to get rid of it. <laughs> got big. Uh, oh. In other words, I just want to not eliminate all of it, but. You know, control it. Get it under control. Okay. With a good pair of gloves, so you're very careful not to get cactus spines in your fingers. If you look, the cactus probably forms what looks like a paddle. And there'll be a new paddle on top of it. 
And this continues as the cactus gets bigger. Now, if you want to control it, you can grab a paddle and a sharp knife and, and cut at that joint to take that paddle off. If you do that and you do not want the cactus anymore, that paddle needs to go in the trash. What's it called? How's that a pronounced? paddle? Excuse me? Yeah, I know. P-I-C-L-O-R-A-M. <clears throat> Picloram or something like that. <clears throat> Ron, I'm not going to recommend that. You, you keep making this comment. I'm not going to recommend that. The problem will be it could kill your peach tree. It's what? Yeah, the pear tree? Pear tree, yes. It could kill that tree. Yeah, it it looked like it shrunk on me, the tree. But I'm getting a, uh, I'm going to see this year, this season, if I'm going to get a a blossom. Last year I had a blossom of uh, uh, large uh, pears. So I don't know if that's good or if it's bad. Because the only place that cactus, they really say, what Dr. Google said, is that it only grows in the desert and... Uh, all uh, uh, dry land where the water runs fast. <clears throat> I do not get picloram. Do not use that. That is a product that will stay poisonous for up to two years after you spray it. Oh, you're reading on it. Okay, I read it too. <laughs> but that's the only thing. They said that uh, what I read on uh, farther, the next par paragraph says that you'd have to be a licensed, uh, somebody that knows what they're doing with it. And uh, okay. went down there. They said that if you mix bleach with vinegar and water and then put it in the spray container and then just spray it, you got to first of all use an axe to open the area up and then spray uh, uh, the solution that you made, <clears throat> bleach and vinegar and a gallon of water. So I don't know. <clears throat> there are products 10 times, 100 times safer Okay, like examples? Uh, high acidity vinegar. What kind of uh, that vinegar? Will burn the paddles. What? Yeah. I said, what kind of vinegar? High acidity. You can go spell? to. It's, it's, a, it's not a name. You can okay. get what's called horticultural vinegar. It's 20% okay. vinegar. You can actually get 40% vinegar. Okay. And it will chemically burn off those paddles. Right. <clears throat> but they told me to use a axe or a sharp cutting to open the stem up and then spray, uh, spray the area, and that should be it. 
<clears throat> they're really nice looking, and not too many varmints can go in there, not even the birds, because, you know, the <clears throat> thorns and all that stuff. Thorns. Inch, inch and a quarter right now. That's pretty long. <laughs> most people, most people dealing with cactus appearing in their yard or appearing on their ranch or farm, they also use something called a pear burner. It says pear, but it, what they mean is you can burn out the cactus. It's I was thinking that, but torch. It's a propane torch, and you flush the flame over the cactus. What it does, it makes the water inside it dry up, and that kills. Okay, that's something to think about. Now, <clears throat> is it, I, I, in a way, I'm getting used to looking at it. Is it, is that going to be in the long run? If I leave it, don't touch it. And uh, that tree, <clears throat> it, like I say, its diameter is right around that tree. I mean, I've got ears that are, whoa, right now I say good 12 inches. Thorns are at least inch, inch and a half. <clears throat> Your tree should be okay. The only problem that's going to provide for you is that when you go in to pick fruit, you got to pick around the cactus. So that's if you want, you could leave it. Okay. I'm listening. <clears throat> if you wanted to, you could leave the plant. I could do what? It, you could leave the plant alone. Yeah, it will well, do fine. What... It won't kill the tree. Okay, good. That's my first, because uh, I love the pear tree and everything like that. You've been there about 15 years since we moved in. So I mean, Ron, uh, I, I have to take a I have to take a break for the news. Thank you for the call, folks. We'll be right back uh, after a news break. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Welcome back, welcome back, folks. Cool day today. Uh, again, not seeing any rain. That is so frustrating. Can you believe tomorrow morning we may freeze? Outlying areas for sure, you're going to probably freeze. But even in Austin, we could hit freezing temperatures. But by next Thursday, we could be in the 80s. Ugh, it is so hard trying to figure out our weather situation here. It's Sometimes it's just take a lucky guess. Sometimes we get enough of a prediction. Enough of a prediction 
that we can figure out what's going on. Colleen was talking about earlier, you know, March 1st is our supposed last free state on average. (laughs) There's those two nasty words, on average. But even she remembers in the middle of March, we had some really killer freezes that were damaging to a lot of plants when it should have been time for things to start growing. It is hard. It is hard to predict that kind of weather. So we take our chances. Fortunately, so far this year, no ice storm. That was particularly brutal. I would argue that the ice storm was as bad or worse than the great freeze apocalypse a couple of years earlier. We had 144 days of below zero temperature. And that was bad. We lost power everywhere and things like that. And with cold living in your home with no heat. But that happens. The freeze did almost as much damage breaking all those power lines. And look at the damage it did to our trees. This year, who knows? Hopefully we don't see that again. Our problem now is while the drought in our area has improved, I say that cautiously, the drought has improved. But it's not better yet. We, we need so much more rain, both to fill the lakes and the aquifers. Those are really critical in the Austin area. And it's going to be a huge problem as long as people keep moving here and tapping the water. So... We gotta, we've got to deal with that. And you can start by dealing with it in your own backyard. This would not be a bad time of the year to use things like Medina soil activator or molasses or seaweed solution, compost tea. All of these things, all of these things Combined, and you don't have to do them all in one day. You can do them once a month. You start getting on this regular first first weekend of the month, I'm going to go spray molasses. Next weekend, uh, I'm going to do Medina Soil Activator. Next weekend, I'm going to do seaweed. As you constantly improve... You will see that the turf, your soil, everything will get healthier. And when we get rain, it'll hang around. It'll get absorbed into the soil. You won't lose, you won't lose all that water. 
Let's go to the phone. This is James. James, what can I help you with? Morning, Jeff. What's up? Congratulations on your uh, milestone, on your anniversary. (laughs) I appreciate that. We're looking for the biggest sunflower on the planet Earth, and we found a variety that is called Mongolian Giant. Is are you familiar with that one, or do you know one that'll give us a? I've not, I've not seen that seed available, but Maximilian, uh, is that right? Russian, uh, giant Russian, maybe it's Russian giant, and uh, Maximilian, I think, is a name for ones. Now, I'm assuming you're looking for the flower head being the biggest, right? Not the height of the of the sunflower. We're looking for the biggest plant and the biggest bloom. Yeah, um, Russian head. giant is one that uh, we used to sell, and it'd be a ten foot tall plant. Would it be the biggest head? Uh, not necessarily the largest head, but it was one that was not only is it really tall, but it produces a good seed head, so you could harvest the uh, sunflower seeds. Yeah, we, we get the flowers and then put them in a molasses tub so the little varmints can't get to them, and then uh, when it's time, you nail them on the fence so the red birds can get on them. Ah, that's that's interesting. Um, yeah, they love them. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, you might be able to find a bigger-headed sunflower, but it won't be as tall. I'm trying what, to think what was of that variety, variety again, Jeff. One I think is called either Giant Russian or Russian Giant. And there's one called Maximilian. I'm not sure if that is taller with smaller flower or multiple flower, but those two are ones I I think get large heads so that you can get lots of seeds out of them. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, I wanted to remind everybody that it's carrot planting time in this part of the country. And yes, uh, it is. I single I single dig my uh, carrot bed with a digging fork and massive quantities of compost. And you can stick your hand down there about eight or nine inches, man, and with no resistance. So. That ought to grow a pretty good bed of carrots. And I want to mention again that the pelletized seed is real easy for the young gardener and the old gardener to plant. <laughs> James, you're talking about me there again. Uh, James, thank you for the call and the bit about the pelletized seeds. It sure does make uh, growing carrots so much easier. 
And you're right, it's time to start them. The better the soil, the longer the carrot, the better the harvest. James, uh, I gotta take a break. Thanks for the call. Folks, we'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Listen, um, someone texted me some information. Philip, thank you. But the variety of sunflower, I kept going giant Russian, Russian giant, something like that. The name is actually Mammoth Russian. Got that? Mammoth Russian. It is a tall, big-headed sunflower. It grows well in Central Texas. You can do uh, fence lines of them. And they produce a very large seed head. And the thing is, it's not just the seed head. Well, you want seeds, obviously, but as it's forming those seeds, it is producing a ton of pollen. And your beneficials, your bees, your pollinators, they'll love it. And they will clean it for you. They'll get all the pollen off of it while it produces those really big seeds. And you can get very large heads from the mammoth. Russian, that's the name. James, if you're still listening, sorry, I knew it was on there with the Russian term, but I couldn't figure out what they actually called it. Sunflowers are awesome sauce, too, because you can put them anywhere. I have grown I have grown tomato beds, beans, peppers, and the front of the bed be the food, and the back of the bed be sunflowers. Do a row of sunflowers. Do a row of sunflowers. Watch them come up behind your plants. Watch them bloom. They were beautiful. And you know, if you think about it, people think sunflowers are the big yellow flowers. They come in so many colors. There is a lime green sunflower there are um, Aggie Maroon. I don't know why you'd want to grow that, but there are Aggie Maroon colors. There are oranges. There are mixes. There are yellows. Sunflowers have an incredible amount of versatility. And the thing about them is their roots will help break up bad soil. A sunflower doesn't need really rich soil to do well. It's kind of, um, oh, I'll get by on this. It'll work for me. And they can be gorgeous. And, of course, you can eat the seeds. Now, when you do in your sunflowers, when it's the end of the season for them, you can cut the stalks flush to the ground You can take that stalk, break it up, and get it in a compost pile. <clears throat> it will help clean out nastiness, and it will help break down by providing air passages into your compost pile. 
<clears throat> so sunflowers are awesome. Sunflowers are beautiful. They, they are really something. Want to know how uh, effective sunflowers can be? Go to a farmer's market. Go by the stand of the person selling those sunflowers. They got a boatload of sunflowers. They make up nice little displays. It's a way to, I guess they call it a gig, right? Grow sunflowers, profit from the flowers. Folks are wondering what time to plant seed because we have, um, you know, we had a lot of damage from the summer last year. They want to redo their turf grasses. Well, there's only a few that are available by seed. One of those being common Bermuda. Common Bermuda wants a soil temp above 65 degrees. So invest the 10 bucks and get a soil thermometer and determine what's the temperature of the soil in your yard. Once it gets above 65, you'll get the best germination out of your Bermuda seed. That temperature range is pretty good for one of our other common seeded grasses, and that's the buffalo grass. Buffalo grass needs that 65 degree temperature and may actually do better closer to 70. So if you're going to be planting by seed to try to recover a lawn or replace the grass that died, the two seeded grasses we get here in Texas, buffalo, common buffalo, needs 65 degrees soil temperature. If you want um, the buffalo grass by seed, and there are several varieties, you want it to be at least at 65 temperature, it would probably appreciate even a little warmer. That's the idea behind buffalo grass. So it can do, it can do wonders and it will be a lot easier, a lot easier to get it out there at the right time at the right time so that you get the greatest return. Because if you get the grasses out there too soon, it is a possibility that they may rot, especially if you're providing lots of water rather than germinate because the temperatures are wrong. That's a waste of your time and your money. So be careful, be careful with uh, the correct timing for the correct plant. 
Otherwise, you know, a lot of effort for no return. Not a fan of that. Folks, um, I do want to warn you one more time before we go on here. Freeze tomorrow. For most of the Austin area. That means you guys out on the out in the burbs, you are probably going to get a pretty decent freeze. So protect yourself. Um, protect your plants. Folks, it's the top of the hour. We're going to break for the news. I'll catch you on the other side. <laughs> 